Hola, amor. Hola, cariño. Y bienvenidos a Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Won't you tell me your name? Is that how it goes? Sure. Uh, uh, Eileen? <laughs> <laughs> Here we are, drinking coffee, making it happen at the ass crack again for you, wonderful listeners. How are you doing over there? I'm doing okay. I got myself a... Uh, mm-hmm. I had a weird-tasting smoothie today, uh, mm. but I drank it and having What made coffee. it weird-tasting? I don't know. You know what I think it is? I will tell you what I think it is. Mm-hmm. It was like... it was a, it, The title of it was Passion Fruit and Greens. Lovely. But they threw tahini in there, and I think that's what made it funky. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. (laughs) Tahini and I have a weird relationship. You got to keep it light with the tahini. Sí, yo creo que el brother que me lo hizo was like... An extra little bit of tahini, and I was like, "No, I don't know if I love this flavor combo. It's a little bitter. Yeah, and like, I don't know if it matched with passion fruit. I mean, I drank it all. It was, I went down the gullet, but (laughs) I was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be a repeat flavor so anyway next time on talking tahini <laughs> with johnny and eileen <laughs> i love how our conversations usually start off with like what kind of smoothie what kind of this what kind of that what's your uh, coffee order uh, what's your coffee well today my coffee is you know how i like it with a little bit of creamer a little bit of sugar because i need it a tired Damn. baby do you see these eyes right now i see them they're puffy these are some puffy yeah. eyes but I'm, I could be asleep, literally asleep, and still be thrilled to talk spooky movies with you. And, and, you, and you picked a good one this week, dude. I'm so happy to hear you say that because <laughs> uh, I, as I was watching this movie, I was like, I wonder how Eileen will feel about this. So I'm very excited to find out. Yeah. So I picked the movie this week. We're going back to Uruguay. I picked the movie Plenilunio. I wrote from Chile. That is an absolute lie. (laughs) From Uruguay, (laughs) 1993. I just corrected my notes. And this was written and directed by the fucking man, myth, the legend, Ricardo Islas, who played the asesino come ojos (laughs) in Al Morir La Matine, which that, that speaks volumes in and of itself that, you know, Maxi Contenti, from Uruguay, who our we've covered twice. You know, I mean, we go way back on this podcast. Our, be- our best friend, Maxi Contenti. What's up, Maxi? How you hey, doing, Maxi, bud? how you doing? What if he listened and he actually like sent us another voice I mean, memo being I like, I loved your so. new episode. Me too. Me too. Pero uh, the fact that he cast Ricardo Islas as the asesino come ojos in Al Morir La Matine just goes to show what a legend this man yeah. is. What to, an impact like, he's what made. What an impact this man has made to like the the younger generation of Uruguayan filmmakers. I I think specifically horror filmmakers, pero yeah. to us, brand new. Absolutely. Until we watched Al Morir La Matine. So I figured it's time that we watch one of this guy, this man's movies and yeah. See what all the hype is about. And uh, I mean, she's low budge, Ooh, but I was pleasantly surprised. Low budge. Yes. <laughs> Man, what a. This, I've, I right off the bat, I'm going to go ahead and say this 
was so much fun to watch. I laughed heartily, mm-hmm. and not because it was low budge, but because like the script was incredibly funny. Mm-hmm. It's a simple storyline, and I can see how. I mean, I can't tell you what someone like Maxi Contenti's childhood would have been but from what we saw with Muñeco Viviente which this gave me a lot of vibes of that too full yes is if a young person the way that Maxi like someone of our age in the 90s saw something like this come out you're just like this looks like so much fun I want to do this with my friends in my notes I wrote this looks like these kids are having so much fun can you imagine I this group of kids I was like is that me in the I 90s? Know. I'm pretty sure I spotted myself like in the movie. Something it's... inside me was like, I wish that Maxi Contenti was one of those little kids. Yes, that was so great. And when I, I tell you, know. I was actually like, <laughs> could he be back there? I mean, he's not. Pero he's not. <laughs> that would have been amazing trivia. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so let's start talking about this uh, really fun movie, Plenilunio, Uruguay, 1993. Why don't you give us a little synopsis? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, there okay. is nary a, a single phrase around in this internet that somebody else has described this film. So. I've done my best to give us a <laughs> Eileen took line. it upon herself. I've taken my uh, college degree of theater to write out something. Please excuse if it is bad. A reporter and a ragtag group of teens yep. hunt for a monster <laughs> terrorizing their sleepy town of Colonia del Sacramento. Perfect. Thank you. Put it online. Put it online. IMDb, I'm typing this in. Okay, let's talk about this movie. You ready to go back to 1993? Oh my God, absolutely. I know. I always am. Yes. Okay, here we go, everybody. Plenilunio. We hear children singing a nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the the, the tune. rhythm or the melody, but they say, Juguemos en el bosque mientras el lobo no está. ¿Lobo está? Question mark? Okay. Ah. We hear howls, and then our title shows up, Plenilunio, with a little wolf in one of the letters. <laughs> yes. Okay, it's nighttime. There's a full moon, and we get a POV shot of something, some animal with, with fast breathing prowling the bush. <laughs> and we cut to what I'm going to call like a local food truck. Yeah, like... Yeah. Um, um. It's like you hook it to a car... And you will, you could wagon this thing off into the yeah. sunset. You know what I yeah. mean? A food so, truck. A food. It's a food cart. truck. Food cart. A food cart. Yes, uh-huh. it's a food <laughs> cart called Chongpas. Chongpas. <laughs> and uh, it seems to be out in the middle of nowhere. Bro, imaginate yeah. who's mm. coming out to fucking Chongpas in the middle, in the of, middle the of the night? No, 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 no. Totally. So there's a guy there having a drink at Chonpas, having a nice cerveza. This guy pays his bill and he drives off, leaving the the barkeep, I guess, Senor Chonpas, <laughs> leaving him behind to close up shop for the night. Yes. And as he's closing up, we get a quick shot of his calendar and it says August, Friday, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. <gasps> oh my goodness. As he's closing up, he hears weird noises out in the darkness. 
So he's like, what the fuck? He goes into his into his food truck. He grabs a gun and he calls out into the dark. Who's there? Tengo un revolver. And then something crashes through the wall of the truck, attacking him. He screams, blood splatters, and we see his feet being dragged off. I jumped. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dude. that thing busts through the wall. Busts through the wall. I literally wrote, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. He's dead. Yeah. So it's the next day, and we meet two young men. I'm going to say these guys are, what, 15 to 17, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Teens? Teens. Teens. The, these, these young men are Nacho and Esteban, and they hop on their little moto, and they moto off to local cable news station Canal Tres Colonia. Mm-hmm. And as they walk into the news station, we see that there is like a big ass VHS camera pointed at the main entrance so you can see who comes in Mm -hmm. and who comes out. And this is a theme throughout this film. Cameras pointing at doors. Who's coming in? Who's coming out? Quien entra y quien sale. Exactly. So Esteban goes up to the roof to find Roberto, who this is. Ricardo Islas. This yes. is fucking director, when star. When I saw his sweet little 23-year-old face, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know how in movies sometimes when they'll they'll do a reveal of something and they'll kind of like glitch with like the former person and then you'll see them like yes. now or something like that? Mm-hmm. In my mind, it did that, pero... It was him, like, young, fresh-faced and, like, cute, and then him standing there and eating that eyeball. (laughs) Because our first experience with this man was as a hideous murderer. Terrifying. Terrifying murderer. Awesome murderer. Here he is as, like, just, like, a cute, you know, sweet baby 23-year-old wearing, like, a a, A a street fighter hat or something. Not street fighter, but, It was, like, kickboxing, it said, or something like that. Kickboxing 2 or something. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this sweet baby. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Adorable. So Esteban goes to find Roberto, and he's like, hey, man, look at my new comic book, to which Roberto complains, it's in Brasileiro. Brasileiro. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought, you know, oh, so close to Brazil, you know, I guess this makes sense. And I'm pretty sure that this particular region, I'm not sure the whole history, but was under Portuguese rule, Mm -hmm. or maybe even Brazilian rule for Mm -hmm. for a while. Portuguese? Mm -hmm. Okay. Portuguese rule. Eileen's like, I got some trivia for you. Anyways, so Roberto and Esteban go to join the rest of this crew of youths who are okay. like, they're gabbing <laughs> loudly. Oh, my God. I was like, why is this man, why are these children in this newsroom? What are you doing room? here? What, what is the deal with these kids? What are you doing here? I'm going to say you don't ever, like, quite find out. He kind of gives a uh, like a tiny explanation. There's a moment later on where he's like, you know, you guys come over here and we hang out. And I'm like, yeah, but why? But why? <laughs> never says why. No, yeah. yeah. It's sweet, though. It's very um, Goonies. Yeah. You know, it's very Spielberg-y, fun, uh, you know. Like the teacher and the students who's like, yeah. I'm showing you the ropes. And like, oh, like, you know how in whenever they portray nerdy kids on TV and film, a lot of times they'll have their like science teacher or their like AV club like who they dude. can like 
go be to honest and with, chat be real with. with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. totally what this is. Yeah. And it also gives the the feeling that like Canal Tres Colonia, this news station, is nothing fancy. It seems like yeah. Roberto works here and he's cool with having the company of these kids and like he basically runs this thing practically solo. It's small is the it's idea small you get. town television programming. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Anyway, so Roberto comes in, these kids are all here just like talking over each other. <laughs> And Roberto's like, everybody sh- shut up. Are you going to talk about this man who was murdered all day? So they're talking about the the murder the night before. The attack, yeah. And he, Roberto's like, if this was actually a murder, my phone would be ringing off the hook. And then ring, his phone <laughs> rings. And it's played for comedy. And I appreciate it. I Me was too. like, I see what you're going for. Like, this yeah. might be like full VHS grainy ass quality, but I get it, Ricardo, and I felt it. Like, I appreciated it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. So, Roberto picks up the phone. Hola, Canal 3. Yes, I know where that is. I'll be right there. So we cut to Roberto and this old ass reporter, <laughs> and this seems to be after they've filmed the murder scene. And the old reporter says, "Let's do one more interview with the widow of the victim." Pero Roberto's like, "No, I'm not feeling it." So he gives the old reporter his, his all his equipment so the reporter can do it himself. Well, because the reporter says, uh, "He's like, this is what they do in Montevideo, and like, if we want to be like the big city p- yes. TV room." whatever and he's <laughs> and Roberto says que me importa que quieren en Montevideo <laughs> que, que me importa oh my god and then he's like to him he's like this is my town this is what I do I cover this shit I don't need to be like anybody else yeah and then he's like but if you want to here's the camera aquí está el plug aquí está el mic de micrófono <laughs> y, and then he's like mira no es un supositorio con cable when oh he gives my god and the old reporter's like para para <laughs> para che, che, para, para. Oh my god. I, I I like the fact that though they the fact that though they they <laughs> <laughs> they establish here that Roberto is not into sensationalizing the news. Like yeah. it's subtle here, but it shows you oh he's he's like a cool, chill guy. Basically. Grounded. He's grounded. He doesn't need to be in the big city doing these big reportajes. Sí. He's cool. This is okay. a primer impacto, okay? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Chill out, old reporter. Okay, so it's later on. We're back at Canal Tres Colonia, and Roberto and the old reporter are watching the footage of this old reporter's interview with the widow. Again, and, it was uh, so... I laughed so hard at this part because we're watching the... We see that the older reporter does take all this, all the stuff that he needs to do it to do the interview with the widow, and we're watching the footage, and it's him, like, setting it up, like, and this the fucking shot camera. is broken. <laughs> he's like kneeling down trying to be in the shot and he's like, Si sí, señora, dígame lo que pasó. <laughs> and I was fully 
cackling. It was so funny. I mean, funny. it just goes to show that, like, it was still, the intended effect was translated, even though this is, you know, grainy as hell. And it glitchy, still like, worked. people's color would go from green to, like, normal. And it was, yes. it's totally, it's so low budge, but it's yeah. great. It, it, it just works. I think the reason why it lands so well, like, even when it is glitchy and shitty and the sound is bad and whatever, they're all so committed. And you know how I feel about commitment when you're on the camera. Like, I think it doesn't matter how fucking shitty and lame you have and what you have. If you're committed, it's really going to read well. 100%. And Ricardo gives like a lovely grounded performance here. The kids are... The kids are so good. Which is tough. Yes. That's tough with kids because, you know... But even right now, when we see this older reporter interviewing the widow, Mm -hmm. I wrote down... I'm so sorry, but this widow's performance is so good. I believe her. I absolutely believe her. It's subtle. She's she's clearly moved. I was like, okay. I also was feeling this. Yeah. So at this point, the kids arrive. And again, I was like, why do they keep coming here? They're clubhouse. Okay. There are six of them at this dude, point. Dude. There are five boys and one girl, and there are more to come. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to say here, I probably will not even mention all of them. Oh, I was there like, are I'm a having a lot. I wrote, I'm having a hard time distinguishing the kids. So uh... I don't even know all their names, but I, I was like, uh, sure. Uh, who, who are you? Cool. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Great. Another teen. Okay, so they're watching the footage together of this, you know, very sad interview. And the kids at first are giggling, but then the widow in the footage says, it wasn't a dog who killed my husband. It was a wild animal, and now I have three fatherless children. And immediately the tone changes. Yeah. The kids are silent and stone-faced. So Esteban says... No era sido lobison, wasn't it? Like, could it? Is it possible that it could have been a werewolf? Because last night there was a full moon, and the kids are like, "Oh, sh- bullshit! Cut Shut it out! Up. Stop being an idiot! <laughs> Suck a butt!" And Ro- and Roberto's like, "Well, listen, no, clearly not a werewolf, but maybe someone in the town has a wild animal that we don't know about. It got out." Kill the man, you know, stranger things have happened. Mm-hmm. And then finally, this kid named Isaac, Isaac, who Isaac. I just called Glasses. So Glass, his name is Glasses. I called glasses. him Glasses. Glasses. He says, look, it's very simple. We're going to wait for the Plenilunio, which, by the way, I had no fucking clue. Me That's neither. The name. No, no, no idea. It's the name of the period of the full moon, which is what Roberto explains. Mm -hmm. So Glasses says, if nothing happens between now and then, and then something happens during the next full moon, then we'll know. Maybe it was a werewolf. Smart glasses. We then cut to the home of the widow of this murdered man and her three kids. It's two boys. Don't know what their names are. I'm so sorry. (laughs) And one girl. Her name is Paola. Paola. Yeah. yeah. Love her. Love her. Love Paola. So the kids are talking about how they're worried about their mom because she's popping pills. And they're Ooh. like, look, we know it wasn't a dog who killed dad. And then Paola says, a girl in school today said that dad couldn't defend himself <laughs> himself against un perro salchicha. <laughs> un perro salchicha. 
Hadija. And then they ask a her, wiener dog. what did you do? And she turns around and she says, le rompí la jeta. And I'm like, Le rompí yeah, la jeta. I immediately was like, okay, click, click, click. I know who my favorite character is. Thank you. I uh, cackled. I was sitting le there. Le rompí la jeta. And when she turned around to her little face right to the camera, le rompí la jeta. I was like, yes. fuck yes, yes kid. Bitch. You punch another kid in the face for telling you that your dad isn't brave enough to face un perro salchicha. That's fucked. But also another thing she says here is like, you know, this girl who I fucking punched her in the face, she went and told on a teacher, mm-hmm. but the teacher didn't punish me because he felt sorry for me, but I don't like it when uh-huh. people feel sorry for me. And she's, this girl, Paola, she's not a teen. No, she's a tiny, she's a little girl. What, nine or ten maybe? Nine ten? or ten. I'd say ten. So anyway, the two brothers, this guy and this guy, they decide <laughs> they've got a <laughs> they've got a plan. So they leave Paula behind and they go to Carniceria Andy and they buy some beef. They've got, you know, something in, in mind. Yeah. And meanwhile, two of Roberto's crew of kids, these are Lucas and Paco, pero mira, Lucas Bob has haircut. long ass hair. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that is me oh my in God, the it's 90s. Absolutely. Because I had you. It's absolutely long you. <laughs> ass straight hair to my shoulders, was mistaken for a girl all <laughs> the time. So I, I was like, your name isn't Lucas, this is Johnny, Johnny and Paco. <laughs> So Johnny and Paco bike to the food truck, Chompas, where the man was murdered. They ditch their bikes and they go off into the woods to find evidence, I guess. Mm -hmm. As they're walking and chatting, we see huge garra marks on a tree. So we're like, oh shit, this wolf has been nearby. So Johnny and Paco come across the, the two brothers putting the meat they bought, which they've laced with poison, near a tree, which they're setting up as a trap. Yeah. And so Johnny wants to talk to them, but Paco's like, whoa, 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 what if they're the werewolves? And Johnny <laughs> says, Paco, no, no rompa los huevos. <laughs> oh, my God. My body vibrates with the amount of R's. It's like, no Paco, rompa no rompa los huevos. Okay. <laughs> so good. So good. So Johnny's like, don't be an idiot. So he and Paco go up and they're like, hey, boys, what are you doing? What's going on? But then they all hear a noise. So they run off together. They hide and they see a man wearing all black clothes. And a blindfold. Black sunglasses. Was it a blindfold at this point? It looked like a blindfold to me from far away. And I think that it's so close on his forehead to his eye line. Yeah. Yeah. That you just are like, oh, it's almost like the Zorro mask. You know how Zorro went all the way? Yes. Like that. So it's like a big ass black sash. But I think the reason they put this on is because this man is supposed to be an albino. (laughs) And he's wearing... Like a, a bleach bl- on wig, which if the sash were not on, you would be like, yeah, look at that fucking stupid ass wig, you which know? Which I appreciate as somebody who has several complaints about wigs all the time. I was like, yeah. I, good I idea. Can, uh, yes. this if, Way to hide it. Yeah. If the point is that he is albino, if you're going to make him albino, which I will get to in a little, a little bit later. Yes. Let's hide the fact that this wig is probably going to be kind of ridiculous as much as possible. Yeah. So I called him the albino at this mm-hmm. point. Is that offensive? That's not offensive, is it? <laughs> I, I really hope can not. Can we Google uh, it? 
Yeah, maybe we should Google that. Listen, we don't want to be Joe fucking Rogan over here. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Albinism. What do you call me? A person with albinism. Okay. I'm just going <laughs> to spoil it right here and say this is the werewolf, uh-huh. and I will call him the werewolf. Uh-huh. Okay? Sure. Because I, I f- fully respect that, but I was saying the person with albinism every single time is going to take a moment. So let's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. say, spoiler alert. This dude is the werewolf, okay? (laughs) All right, so the werewolf, in his man form, grabs the meat by the tree as the kids are watching, and he starts to eat it. And just then, fucking Johnny's watch goes off, so the man turns around, and the boys run in fear. Did you notice this little moment in that the watch goes off, and this happened several times in the film, where... We get very quick shots because I think he knows that this is low budget and like mm-hmm. a lot of times if you have your eyes on something for too long of a time, you'll see the magic behind it. Then yeah. you'll be like, oh, I can tell this and this. Yeah. So we get a lot of really quick shots of things where you could barely see, but just enough for you to be like, what the fuck? And we had a little moment of this where he turns around and it's it literally... There is a blip sound where he turns. It's just like a blip. And you see him standing in the middle of the woods, very Mike Myers style, where his face is very bright. But it's so fast. And the little sound, it goes blip. And then next shot. And that's it. And it's I think I I have this for you because... (laughs) I think I have the blip for you because there is... So they run off and he's chasing them. And there's a point where... They're like, the the kids are running through the woods, and one of the boys looks back, and you literally see this werewolf man, like, take a leap through the brush, and it's just like... That's that's what I mean. I love the music, but when I tell you, I laughed out loud, Uh, and I saved it for you because I just need everybody (laughs) to hear this blip. Everybody, I'm going to play it for you right now, so here we go. (laughs) Let me turn this up. (laughs) Am I allowed to do this? Fuck it. Right here. It's coming up. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, totally. Oh, my, oh God. my God. I love oh, that. so good. Me too. It's so great. It's so great. Okay, so. And it's so... also just him. Well, uh, another spoiler alert. The music is also fucking Ricardo Islas and uh, and a fellow friend and it's uh, this part where they're running it's they're just slamming on a Casio keyboard oh hunk <laughs> ha ha hunk hunk ha hunk hunk ha hunk it's so good but I, it's you know it's so good it's very Carpenter it, and you know it's a little comedic but there were other moments in this movie where the music gave me full Nightmare on Elm Street vibes yes. and actually creeped me out I mean Homegrown, but it works. Yeah, totally. So the four boys make it back to their bikes and they're riding off. But then, holy (gasps) shit, we get an Exorcist 3 coming in from the left kind of scare as this werewolf man. Oh my God, I love that you said Exorcist 3. Right? It's totally Exorcist 3. He makes a lunge for one of the boys but misses. And I out loud was like, whoa. Me too. I screamed. 
I he fully startled me. Legit. And then as the, the boys are biking off, we get a very Halloween-style shot of this man's shoulder as he watches them bike away and he's breathing heavily. <sighs> We're back at Canal 3 Colonia and Roberto is talking to Nacho and Esteban who are telling him oh. about their plans for Glasses's birth Glasses's birthday. <laughs> and they're like, so listen... We're going to put a condom in Glasses' pizza as a joke for his birthday. And it's just the most teenage boy thing you've ever heard in your entire life. <laughs> but again, I appreciate the levity that they're attempting to bring into this movie. You but know? also, in that same breath, as these boys are like, uh, we're going to put a condom in his pizza. Uh, we see Roberto's face and he's just like... Ugh, oh these fucking God. teens. And and I what I really appreciate <laughs> is he goes, you know that your friend who's a girl is going to mm-hmm. be here, right? Like, that's probably not chill for you to do. Mm-hmm. And and they're like, well, it doesn't matter. And, like, you could just see in his face, like, oh, gee, fucking mm-hmm. A. Fucking Jeez, teens. Fucking <laughs> boys. Was I like this? Yeah. God damn. Seriously. So just then, they see on their surveillance camera the four boys who were just in the woods. They come running into the building. They're all freaked out. But then we cut to Laura's house. And Laura is the other girl who's like part of the original gang of yeah. guys. She's the one I'm that, say that Roberto is concerned is going to be there to see the condom in the pizza. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and how, uh, what, 17? Maybe? Laura? How old do you th- yeah, how old do you think she is? Uh, <laughs> I thought like 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Okay, well, let's put her at a solid like maybe 14 then. She's sure. a teenager. She's, She's a young, young. thing. Yeah. Keep that in mind for something I'm going to bring up later. Okay. That I'm, I'm curious if you picked up on her if it was just me. Anyway, so she's looking through werewolf comics and she's in her bedroom and she overhears her parents, I assume, talking about how her dad was finally able to sell the little white casita in the woods that no one wanted. A strange man with white hair, a person with albinism. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) Bought the house. And she's like, hmm, she's overhearing this. She looks back at her comic book and sees this horrible drawing of a dead woman, like torn to bits, being carried by a werewolf to a little white casita in the woods. Cut to a little white casita in the woods. Laura está solita, which I thought... Girl, I wrote, no. She's hella brave. She went out there by herself. Sola. So she's out there by herself in the woods. It's daytime, pero no, 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 no. And she's inspecting this little white casita from afar. She gets off her bike and she walks up to the house. I'm going to admit here, I was spooked by this little scene. I was like, creeped. I, I was like, for, uh, what are you doing here, A? What are you Get doing? The f- uh, girl, don't go alone, you see. Uh, yes. Very brave, mm-hmm. but don't go alone. Yeah. Also, a great way to build this tension and like, like my shoulders were up to my ears. I was yeah. like, oh no. I was not- ready for like a jump or like something really awful well, to happen. After, after we saw him literally exorcist three out of the woods at that kid. Chasing kids. I, you're like, okay, well, this guy doesn't give a hot fuck, so he might yeah. take this girl and do something horrible to her. Exactly. So, He's totally. literally chasing children, and it feels and looks very threatening. So she gets off her bike. She's walking up to the 
little casita and we get a POV shot from inside the casita. Somebody is watching her. Ah! And she starts to get closer to the house and she sees a white tuft of hair <laughs> caught on some branches. And so, th- so at this point, I was like, we had just found out that the guy had albinism and that, you know, we're picking up the clues that the werewolf is also an albino werewolf. Right. And so this like tuft of hair, which is, it's a little. It looks like, it looks like. Fake Halloween cobweb. store. Exactly. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> some, like the cobweb, cobweb you would hang around your house during Halloween. In my yeah. mind though, I was like. I feel like a white albino werewolf would be very beautiful. <laughs> like, Absolutely <laughs> it would be. You would be like, can I pet that beautiful pelt of white hair? I Just it was so a really interesting it's... detail of, oh, yeah, let's make the fucking werewolf albino. Why not? Why not? Sure. Why not? Super very, cool. Very cool idea. Yeah. Very, you know. Not something I've really heard before, so I was like, "That's that's literally ever every time. It's just a boring brown albino. Yeah. I mean, brown albino, brown, brown albino, were- <laughs> yeah, brown albino werewolf." So, uh. so she grabs this tuft of white fur from the branch, but it slips through her fingers in the wind, and she quickly takes a peek back at the house and sees red shining eyes watching her from the window. And so she quickly gets back on her bike. She rides away. And then we cut to Roberto and Glasses. They're checking out the new location for the cable channel that Roberto will be an associate for or something like that. He's I, <laughs> establishing a new location for the for the news cable yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it, they're okay. expanding, I believe. <laughs> they're expanding. That's perfect. <laughs> so he's showing Glasses like, hey, this is where I intend to set up another surveillance camera to monitor the door so again we can see who comes in who comes out very important in this movie yeah and then he takes glasses up to the roof where we get this beautiful shot of the nearby woods and i think what was being established here is we're closer to the woods now Uh which means we're closer to where the wolf is yeah. and we're further from the safety of the pueblo. Yes. So as they're locking up and leaving the building, Roberto says, so next week the generator and the phone lines will be install- installed and I'm also moving in next week. So Glasses is like, just whistle when you need a hand moving in. Bam, Roberto whistles. <laughs> and it's the next week. The kids help him move in. That was a great little like... Move along Great the segue. story, yeah. Yes, it was so there good. were quite a few of those that was just like, whoa, I love how you quickly transitioned to this scene. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. We cut to help, exclamation point, exclamation oh point, God. disco. Help the disco. <laughs> help the disco. <laughs> the kids are here celebrating Glasses' birthday. Also- The music is hilarious, but they, took me back. They oh are playing God. Samba, which I thought was- Fantastic. Yes. And they are 13-year-old kids in a fucking club. It's so yep. which so us in high school. This is us growing up being like, yeah, I belong here. I fucking yeah. have my fake ID. Can I'm coming I have in. A, a rom plata with milka. <laughs> if you was that like what is milka? It's red. Oh, oh no! I was thinking of something like, totally different. Like got rojita, it, got it, got it. remember rojita? Yes, 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 yes. Milka yes. is a brand of rojita, which is just red soda. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh! It's just red sugar fizzy water. Ooh, and, and you're then just you'd getting have that drunk and, and fucking 
dance into fucking pounds uh, of sugar just high on the dance floor. God damn. What a bunch of idiots. Oh my goodness. I do love when glasses is come because this is real. Like this just happened to be a night out where they were like, we're going to the club and we're going to film it. And poor glasses, who's like, you know, kind of nerdy. You can tease so uncomfortable. He's so fucking lanky. Uh, and (laughs) I know. He's like, I don't want to. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I know that feeling. Totally. I've been there before. S- bitch, I feel that way now. Still, absolutely. <laughs> oh, what am I doing here? <laughs> so, meanwhile, at home, Roberto is looking through Fangoria in Espanol. Fangoria! Oh, my gosh. I in love that. Spanish. Holy shit. On the cover, there's Freddy from Freddy's Dead, part six. I was like, hey, Freddy. <laughs> and this Fangoria is particularly werewolf heavy. Mm-hmm. So he's looking through this, and then he looks through a, a werewolf history book. And the scene is very Chief Brody in Jaws looking through the books about sharks. Yeah. Totally. I was like, oh, this is Chief Brody. <laughs> So Glasses' birthday is just a series of days. Like They're like, we're going to celebrate this man. First, the disco. We cut to, I guess, the next day. It's Glasses' actual birthday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the kids are like, how about that pizza? And at this point, Roberto's like, okay, Paola, Laura, Benny, like, come with me. Because let's also uh, add that now the three siblings whose dad was killed by the werewolf at the top, Champo's kids, yes. are now part of the crew of the other kids. Yes. So now we have eight fucking kids. Oh, oh my. No, we have- Nine? Nine. <laughs> there are, I believe there are nine kids here. So that's why I'm like, who Two is girls who? and then the seven boys. Seven boys. Yeah, yeah. two girls, seven boys. So now, you know, he's like, Laura, Paula, come with me. And he's like, hey, I want you to do blah, blah, blah. And the girls are like, dude, we can tell you're, you don't want us to see the condom thing. No seas junta or something like that. No seas junta. And also she's like, ya sabemos sabemos que hay un condom en la pizza. Did you hear her say pizza? No. Johnny, okay, just so everybody knows, when Johnny and I were in high school, there was a period of time where the only thing we ever fucking said was, yo quiero una pizza y una pexi en la piscina. Remember that? Absolutely. I still want una pizza. (laughs) Una pizza, una pexi en la piscina. En la piscina. Uh, the good old days. So the girls are like, thanks, Dad, but no thanks. So they go back, and then Glasses takes a bite of the, the most coldest, horrible ass, oldest ass-looking pizza that looks like it has been sitting out for a oh week. Oh, my God, that pizza And you can back. see on his face, like, he's like, uh, he, like, the kid knows, like, the actor. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck, I gotta fucking do this. So he takes a bite, this... he finds the condom, which he pulls out, and he goes, Pensé que era cebolla. Also, Uruguay, are you okay, dude? Because on in Muñeco Viviente 5, we also got a shot of pizza, pizza. that was really bad. Dude, and like, there's a lot of um, Italian influence yeah. in Uruguay. So I'm like, what's Why up with pizza over there? Why are y'all eating bad pizza, guys? Like, come on, come y'all. On. Step it up. 
Anyway, I appreciate the stupid ass teenage boy. Oh my god, I was laughing so hard. And I also appreciate, like you mentioned, the fact that they don't even kind of shove it down our throats. We just see here that the three kids uh, whose father was brutally murdered have been very, very kindly welcomed into this group. It's sweet. I love it. Yeah, it's very sweet. So everybody leaves this condom party, pero Laura. She stays behind to tell Roberto about her experience in the woods. Yes. She says uh, the white hair she found couldn't be human hair because it was too thick. So maybe could it have been a werewolf? And Roberto says, listen, my bisabuelo lived in Italy and he used to hang out all the time with, with a co-worker of his. But one night the co-worker said that he couldn't go out. And that night, there was a full moon. So my bisabuelo decided to go out by himself. And as he was walking, a big dog or wolf attacked him. So he took out his knife and stabbed the animal, and the animal took off. The next day at work, the co-worker didn't show up. So mi bisabuelo went to his pa- to the pal's house to check on him and found him dead with a stab wound. Very, very, um, uh, as Boas Maneda is seeing the priest leaning against yes. the... With the... With his with arm in a sling. Arm in the sling. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Except this poor... Uh, guy died. Poor he fucking died. So Roberto's like, the gauchos used to tell stories like this, which I loved that because I was like, ooh, this grounds us like more in this area. Yes. But he's like, the stories are mostly bullshit. So Laura's like, well... Tomorrow's a full moon, so we'll see if it's bullshit. It's the next night. There's a full moon. We're at a theater where three women are lifting a woman in a wheelchair on stage for rehearsal. There's a cuidador. Would you call this guy like a cuidadero? What would you call him? I guess maybe like the guy who's in charge of the theater at night or something. Yeah, like sure. Un, like un señor que las dejó entrar para practicar sus canciones or whatever. He's like, like a, the, the night watchman, yeah, basically. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So he's like, señoritas, I'll be at the front. Let me know when you're done so I can lock up once you're, once you're gone. Yeah. Cool. So he heads off. So the women are on stage. They're practicing their songs. I don't know oh what God. they're practicing. Ooh, songs ooh. they were singing. I was like, boof, señoras. <laughs> 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 and we noticed that they're being watched by something with mm-hmm. fast breathing. <gasps> what could it be? So one of the women says, I'll be right back. I go. I got to go call my boyfriend. So she goes to the front of the building with the night watchman uh, so she can make a call. Another one of the women goes to the bathroom to pee. So in the bathroom, through the window, we see glowing eyes watching her. The woman finishes peeing. She's done in the bathroom. And when she opens the bathroom door to head back on stage, she sees something which scares her. And then all of a sudden, she comes stumbling on stage with (gasps) slashes on her face. And she falls dead at the feet of the woman in the wheelchair. And then we get the quickest peek at something big and white walking on stage. And when I say quick, like a bleep point five seconds. Yep. And then there's another woman. <laughs> there's so many women here. Okay, so <laughs> another woman makes a run for it and the werewolf chases her, leaving the woman in the wheelchair on stage. Yeah, the, the other one left her fucking wheelchair friend behind on that stage. Left her there on stage. So poor wheelchair is just like, frozen in fear watching what's going on. Dude. So this woman makes a run for it. The werewolf chases her. She's in what I assume is like the lobby of the theater. 
She tries a doorway, but then a huge-ass white snout appears in the doorway. So she runs up a staircase, but she's snatched by the werewolf. At this point, the night watchman and the woman on the phone calling her boyfriend hear this woman scream, so they come to inspect. And meanwhile, this poor woman on the stairs is viciously mauled in a bunch of very quick shots, which were pretty cool, you know? Again, like what I said earlier, the snout we see is, again, 0.5 seconds. All these shots of the monster, because it's so low budget... He is using the speed to not so that you won't see that maybe this werewolf doesn't look that great. Yeah. And, and that maybe he doesn't have the practical effects that he wants to portray. So mm-hmm. he'll show you enough for you to get the idea and see. You put it in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. And use your imagination. Like, I saw just enough yeah. to, like, to make it effective. To yeah. make this scene, you know, relative, pretty horrifying. Totally. So, I mean, uh, so this woman is tosses her like a salad. Oh my god! Like slamming her against the wall. She is being bitten, torn apart. Finally, she comes falling, falling from the sky. He tosses her from like the booth. Yes, like the lighting booth. <laughs> yes. So she is tossed like from the lighting booth or the or the mezzanine or whatever into the orchestra seats below. She's clearly dead. One of her eyeballs is out of its socket. Hello. So just paging al morir la matine. And then, meanwhile, the woman in the wheelchair on stage, still frozen in fear, pees her pants. Pobrecita. I mean, I do the same thing. Hell yeah. So back in the lobby, the, the night watchman has arrived with the woman on the phone, and he's dragged up into the air. When he falls back down, he is headless. No head. And those legs and, were a flinging when he's dragged into oh my the gosh. air. Flinging and a flopping. Yeah. And then the phone woman sees this and she sees a big floofy paw (laughs) start coming down the stairs toward her. So she runs off in fear. She trips. She smashes her face full of blood. And when she gets up, that werewolf is right behind her. It mauls her and it kills her. This out of all of the right here in these like the women and the attacking and whatever, like as the man is getting dragged up, you see the legs flinging. You're like, cool. But they use their budget on this woman mm-hmm. because you see teeth into her shoulder and blood yes. gushing. And like you see her sh- getting shaken by this horrible jowly thing. And she's like, I mean, a person getting torn apart by a werewolf. Yeah. Awful and vicious and brutal. And it's pretty bad. It, it shows you here very fast, but it yeah. works. Yeah, for sure. So now we're back in the theater. And the woman in the wheelchair has somehow managed to crawl and hide under some seats in the audience. She hears breathing above her. She looks up and then bam, she's attacked. We cut to Roberto. He arrives at the scene, uh, this murder scene at the theater with his camera. He's filming a news segment about what just happened. And then later on, we're we're at what I... (laughs) The new news location in the woods? Sure. Sure. And the kids are there with Roberto. They've heard about the murders. And Nacho says, look, I think we should go talk to the man of the woods, the werewolf. 
maybe we can convince him to leave or even kill himself because usually werewolves feel bad about their their deeds, about their crimes. Yeah. This is an interesting twist here because we saw the man in his man form, the werewolf in his man form, but he was chasing the kids. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I don't know about this. Like he feels dangerous as a werewolf, but as a man as well, which I appreciate that twist on the werewolf story. I agree. You know? Yeah, for Because sure. usually it's about like, contain the beast. I, I yeah. hate that I'm like this. Get but away this one, from me. I yeah. Lock me up. I can't. Exactly. Yeah. I feel terrible. How how could I commit these crimes? But here he's like, nah, I fucking love he it. Don't give which a is fuck. Yeah. horrifying. Great. That's really scary. <laughs> I mean, I mean no, it's great. <laughs> it's great. It's a great. That's what I mean. Like, it's a great yeah. twist on it. It makes it even scarier. Scarier, yeah. honestly. I just very quickly want to say, yeah. so um, in this scene, as the kids are trying to like give their ideas of like, we should do this and let's go talk to him and blah, blah, blah. They're all kind of talking over each other. Yeah. And Roberto keeps saying, Ulises, Ulises. He kept saying this word that I was like, what does this mean? Oh, I didn't even hear it. So I texted my friend Juan Nicolón, who is uh-huh. from Uruguay. And I was like, Te tengo una pregunta about Uruguayan slang. I said, what does Urises mean? I was like, it looks like he's trying to say like, hey, gang, or like, hey, you, or whatever, or hey, Uh kids. And he responded to me yesterday with, it's Gurises, G-U-R-I-S-E-S. And it usually means like, hey, kids, but specifically towards young boys. Like every now and then if there's like mixed company, sure. Pero Mm -hmm. usually it's like, hey, boys. So something I learned about Uruguayan slang, Gurises means, hey, kids, or hey, boys. Gurises. Gurises, con G. Yeah. Uh-huh, Pero yeah. it also made me think of it. Kind of sounds like gurilho, which is some is a slang in Portuguese. When you're like uh-huh. that, it's like dude or like that young dude. You'll say esse gurilho tá fazendo isso e esse outro. Wouldn't like, okay. be surprised if there's kind a connection. Similar. So here is Roberto with his with the freaking gurises, uh-huh. and uh, you know they're all trying to figure out what to do. And Roberto's like, look, this isn't like a movie. And this is where he starts to kind of explain, like, why these kids are here. He says, there's a reason that you, Gurises, have been drawn here. And it's because you have all formed some sort of positive energy and it has attracted a negative energy. And this is where I thought, this feels very it. Stephen King's It. Yeah, like, okay. These kids have been brought together kind of unwittingly to defeat the foe. Yeah. You know? Like, cool. specifically this group of kids. Yeah. Which, again, I was like, I'm feeling it. Hell yeah. So Roberto says, look, I'll go talk to the, the fucking werewolf. <laughs> Laura knows where he lives because she's been there. We cut to the woods, and Roberto is there with one of the boys. I do not know this boy's name. He's the son of the dead dad. Yeah. that's He's one he's, of the sons. He's the older son of the dead dad. So they go up to the front door of the white casita. They knock, but there's no answer. So, so Roberto just busts his way in. Inside, they find a room with a bunch of VHS tapes, one which has dates a month apart by big circles and you're like hmm that looks Uh like a full moon and the towns are uh listed like nuevo mexico acapulco 
Quito, Cochabamba, hey Bolivia, Sao Paulo, <laughs> and then finally, Colonia del Sacramento. He's going down. If you put all those towns together, you can see that it's all he's coming down. Town. Yes. And they also find a video camera set up in a corner of a room. And then as they're leaving, holy shit, Roberto's attacked by the Ooh. werewolf in his man form here. He's in his yeah, man where form because it's, it's during the day. The werewolf grabs a fire poker and starts to try to beat Roberto <gasps> with it. And so the kid grabs this big branch, which he hits the werewolf with, which knocks off the werewolf's sunglasses. And we get a quick peek of his eyes, and they are big and weird and like wild eyed and white. Ew. Yeah. Creeped me out. Creepy eyes. So, (laughs) so Roberto and the werewolf start to fight, and the punching sounds are (laughs) hilarity. It's like. Ting, tang, bing, Bong. bang, bing. flap, whap, shing. It's just flap. <laughs> flap. It's just ridiculous. Oh, oh my so God. Good. So again, the werewolf man uh, grabs Pero the... Th- uh-huh, they're, uh-huh. When they're punching and fighting, it's legit committed, committed punching and fighting. Listen, all you got to do to make Eileen happy, as we have discovered, Punch. is... Punch it. Punch it. <laughs> punch it. So they are punching it. Um, the werewolf man <laughs> grabs the fire poker again, which has fallen. He's about to hit Roberto with it, but Roberto throws dirt in his face. He kicks him in the nuts, which causes the werewolf to drop the fire poker, and he fucking falls on it, impaling himself in the face. In the like, face. Through, through the, the cheek. Cheeks. Out the other cheek. Oh. He howls in pain as Roberto and the kid run off. Dude. Híjole. So we're back at the new studios by the woods. Roberto is fucked up. And he and the kids are all trying to decide what to do when they hear a knock at the door. Ah. So Roberto goes to check at the, as the kids watch on the surveillance footage of him approaching the door. Because never forget, there's always a camera watching people come in and come out. Yes. And the front door is like very made of glass, you know, wood and glass. So he can see yeah. out. He shuts the door, and then behind him, he finds a package on the floor that has written on it, Juguemos en el bosque, mientras el lobo no está. Lobo está. And on the back, it says, Me estoy afilando los colmillos, which is... Love that. (laughs) Chills up the spine. I'm sharpening my teeth. (laughs) So Roberto locks the door. And he goes back into the office with the kids, and in the package he finds a VHS tape. So they play it, and we get very, very grainy footage of the werewolf in his man form. He pulls the fire poker out of his face, and we also see a date which says 4793. Now let me ask you, Mm -hmm. this is either April 7th, 1993, or could it be... July. It's July. It's July 7th, 1993. Allá abajo en Latin America is the other way around. That's what I thought. Okay, so July 7th, 93. So this was passed because the father was murdered at the top in August. Yes. Anyway, so in the footage, we see him transform into his werewolf form. And at first, like, so the way it's presented, it's very grainy and, like, the screen is, like, dropping is what I'll say just because it's such bad quality. And you do see him with, like, white fur on his legs a little bit. On the legs. But then you do see 
a CGI werewolf, which I was like, no, no. Yeah, the CGI werewolf. Didn't need it. Anyway, so Roberto is all, fuck this. Let's get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's genuinely creepy. It is. Seeing him because the man is just looking into the camera in his underpants. And he's Mm -hmm. just like screaming and yelling. And like you want to do the tracking on the VHS to like smooth it out. And and you're just like, ooh, this is I I shouldn't be watching this. It's very. Especially. Kids. Little kids. And you yeah. do get these shots, like up close shots of their eyes all beaded with sweat, like wide eyed watching this. So you're like, scared. Oh, they, they are really scared because yeah. they're in danger and you actually feel like these children are in danger in this movie. Totally. So Roberto's like, fuck this. We are leaving. So they all begin <laughs> to run out. But when they reach the front glass doors, the kids scream and they turn around. And there at the front door is the werewolf man with his face all fucked up. And it looks good. It looks great. It looks good. Two holes on either side of the cheeks. This is scary. Yeah. Him standing there. uh, This is Creepsville. Yeah. So the kids run off and Roberto goes up to the door. And the the um, the werewolf man is like, listen, sorry, not sorry, but I'm sticking around in this town for a while. So you're all going to be eaten tonight. Yeah. One time I killed 20 boys at a Boy Scout camp. Didn't miss a one of them. So your group will be easy as fuck. Go ahead. Stay in there till the moon comes out. Sit in your fear. Imagine the pain. Aquí nadie entra, nadie sale. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Yikes. It's now nighttime. The kids and Roberto try the phone, which doesn't work because the werewolf man cut the line. And they're arguing when they see in the surveillance camera that the old (gasps) reporter has arrived. No! No! So Roberto goes to check on him, but then, damn, here comes the werewolf man who kills the old reporter with a big-ass stick. And again, he says, nadie entra, nadie sale. These kids watch that man kill that other man awful traumatized 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 so he drags off the old reporter's body and again everyone is like oh my god what are we going (laughs) to do we're so screwed so nacho's like let's just go let's just leave but roberto's like no he'll get us one by one so listen we're gonna try to electrocute him by trapping him We'll use the new generator and some wires because there's a bunch of wire in the basement, in the sotano. So they all go off with this plan in mind and they they start to place some wire around the building, which I assume they connect to a generator. Sure, it kind of insinuated in there. I'll take it, whatever. I love that Laura (laughs) turns to Paula and is like, Si no nos comen, nos morimos electrocutados. <laughs> She's like, these stupid ass boys. Uh, oh, we're so if we're fucked. not getting eaten, we're going to fucking die electrocuted. We're, we're fried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so this is where I have a question. Okay. So this is why I was like, why? I feel like Laura is supposed to be older because there's this weird shot where they're discussing things and Roberto, who is clearly in his 20s, and Laura are 
framed very tightly facing one another having kind of an argument and we hear the rest of the boys and Paula like being like what are we gonna do what are we gonna do and I, I, I like understand the shot but I also was like I didn't quite understand the closeness of the two of them and then later on uh-huh. there's a moment where they embrace uh-huh. and there is a, a another embrace with pa- uh, with Paola and uh-huh. him which did feel very paternal like he's like I will take care of you because she was like, I don't want what happened to my dad to happen to you, right. basically. Right. But with Laura, I was like, are we trying to establish a hint of romance here? Uh, I definitely... Okay, so when I watched this scene, that made me uncomfortable. Same. That's why I'm asking. I was like, uh, I don't understand. Because I was like, you're too close right now. Yes. And also, I mean, in my mind, she was 13, so which is why I was like, this feels weird. Even if she was 17, even if she was 17, yeah. I would be like, what está pasando? So yeah. I'm not quite sure but i think it's possible that there was they don't push it like there's no smooching yeah but i was like is there subtle romance vibes here which for me i was like i don't need that at all right yeah. now um i, I hope i'm wrong though i also th- hope you're wrong because when the embrace eventually comes around i was like i don't get this vibe well listen Ricardo Islas is on Instagram and hopefully Twitter, so we're gonna tag his ass, and I hope that he uh-huh. will take time to the time to listen to this episode. I hope you know, put it out there in the universe, and if he does, yeah. hey, listen, reach out to us and be like, no, you idiots, that's not what I intended whatsoever. <laughs> so I hope we're wrong. Hopefully, anyway, yeah, <laughs> and I hope he listens to this anyway. So it's a bit later on and Nacho and Roberto go to the basement where Roberto's like, look, we could all hide here as a last resort because I don't think the werewolf could get through those doors. He's too big. Mm-hmm. And then Nacho is like, look, the door to the basement is made of metal, which would make a great conduit for electricity. Okay, cool. Science. Some science in here. And then just then Esteban and glasses show up and Esteban's like, look. This isn't going to work. A group should leave and get help, and then someone else should stay back as a distraction. Esteban's like, look, we can jump from the terrace. It's not that high. And Roberto, Roberto's like, you know what? You're right. Just go quickly, please. <laughs> I'll stay here. So go. But before Nacho leaves, he shows uh, Roberto the fuse box. I think this is a fuse box. Sure. Sure. And he explains that the wires are connected to the new generator. So if the werewolf touches the cables, he's done. He's fried. And Roberto is again like, cool, hurry the fuck up. Bye. Go. I need help. Hurry back. Yeah. We're back at the front glass doors where Roberto is distracting the werewolf man. And we learn here, this is like where it's established that this werewolf has no regrets for his crimes as a werewolf. Zero remorse. He, he's like, I've I've drank too much blood to feel remorse, which, woo, Jesus. Bro. <laughs> and he says, one time I got a lady pregnant, but I couldn't let her give birth to the criatura inside because I actually loved her and she didn't survive the abortion because I ate Panza. La pobre no sobrevivió el aborto. Será porque le comí la panza. I got chills. It, the way he said it, though, Ooh. was so matter of fact, where he was yeah. like, and I loved her so much, and she didn't survive the abortion. And then this, it was a pause, and like, será porque le comí la panza? Ugh. Like, 
oh, she didn't have an abortion. You just ate her stomach and then uh, killed her. Like, oh. that's not an abortion, Holmes. That's no, murder. that's murder. <laughs> yeah. It also made me think of um, As Boas Manetas again know, because little werewolf the baby, baby inside. The baby. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, we love that. We just fucking love that movie. <laughs> we so fucking good. love that movie. <laughs> so now we cut to seeing the kids one by one jumping from the terrace. Pero Laura is like, no way am I jumping. She's too scared. So I love boys... that Roberto earlier was like, listen, you're probably going to have to push Laura. I was like, damn, I'm cold blooded. <laughs> right? He's like, she won't do it. So. The boys straight up try to throw her off, so she screams. Ugh, you idiot, and Laura. the werewolf hears it, of course, and he just flies into the air. He Bru- jumps like <laughs> 20 feet into the air. I was like, damn, he's gone. So most of the kids were able to jump over the wall or jump off the terrace, so only Laura, Glasses, and dead dad's kid, that's what I wrote, are left. Yep. Three of them are left. So they hide in the house, and the werewolf man comes in, and he says, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Puedo olfatear la caca de sus culitos. That is exactly what he says. I paused and went back and said out loud again, whoa. Oh, man. I wrote it down, too. I was laughing so hard. That's horrible. I love that he was like, hey, what's up, kids? I can smell the shit coming out of your little baby assholes, you motherfuckers. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) I was like, this man means business. He's going to tear these children to pee. You feel scared for them yes i was worried for these children in this low budget Uh, ass film loved it oh my god so then the (laughs) werewolf man turns a corner he scares the kids but then here comes roberto he and the werewolf man start to fight again ping fuck them up blast bling Blong. They they crash to through a glass door, which is a very very cool effect because they fucking crash through that door. It was great. They really do. Yeah. And the three kids run off. The werewolf man then grabs this thick metal wire and he stabs Roberto through the hand as a deuda for the fire poker to the face. And he's yeah. like twisting Ooh. this shit. Ooh, god damn. Siempre dije que eras un Cristo. Ooh, is what he creepy. Says. Yeah, like, and um, then he wiggles it like ooh, stigmata. Yeah, ugh, awful. <laughs> and then, uh-oh, the full moon appears from behind some clouds. Here she comes. So the werewolf man, he sits down calmly. He takes off his glasses, and the transformation begins, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Um. Aww. So the reveal wrote... is made, <laughs> and... Wrote... Having the werewolf be albino is a little tough because yeah. it just looks like you're gluing cotton balls on a I guy and wrote, pillow inserts. He looks like a big cotton ball. Yeah. A big foofy it's cotton a ball. Tough I one. just want to give him a big old squeeze. I love the so, I love the choice to make him albino. I think that's very brave because mm-hmm. one of the consequences is having a fluffy uh, werewolf which is less scary. Well, um, and also 
you pick like just a regular werewolf in this low budget movie, it's going to be a lot easier to hide the fact that it's not well made because it's darker. But yeah. this was a bold ass choice, yeah. which doesn't pay off. Let's no, just be clear. It's a shame, yeah. But I am, I'm again like, wow, the audacity, the audacity. You I know? love it. I, I love, love it. the audacity about it. So. Somehow, the three remaining kids have ended up on the roof, mm-hmm. and um, Glasses takes a peek down from the roof to see what's going on, and he sees this big cotton ball werewolf head right <laughs> above Roberto. <laughs> yeah. And he's all, nope, let's get the fuck out of here. So the, the three kids start making their way down the stairs, but then, bam, there's the werewolf on the stairs. It chases Glasses back up the stairs, but now we get... Full CGI inserted in here. And I'm going to tell you, I would have preferred to have seen the cotton ball werewolf throughout. Yeah, me too. I didn't need me this too. like video game CGI also, guy. Also, the CGI isn't albino. No, he's not. It's, he looks like a regular old werewolf. It looks gray and brown. And you're just like, oh, yeah. No, I didn't need it. It's a I wish there was a version where we could see it without the CGI werewolf and could have seen the original. I wish that that was out there. Yeah. Just to have seen how this was originally made. Pero as far as I know, it's not out there. Yeah. So thankfully, Glasses is able to like close uh, the the roof door before the wolf can get him. So it chases the other two kids onto another terrace where it rushes toward them and then falls off the edge of the building onto the patio below. Every time that it did appear, though, like when he would the werewolf would pop out to like try and grab Glasses or chase the other two kids, even though. Again, the where the CGI dude, they still use the same tricks as before. It's still fast. Yeah. It's not we don't sit looking at this werewolf for a very long time. Yeah. But the moments when the, he does like pop out to try and grab these kids or scare them, like all of those moments, I will I wrote down, "Oh shit. Oh I fuck." Absolutely oh, jumped a couple times. Yeah. Absolutely jumped every at time this he popped out. Bad CGI werewolf. Yeah. It still worked. Yeah. So quickly back with Roberto, he pulls the wire from his hand. It's fucking awful. Ugh. And meanwhile, he does it through. He doesn't pull it out. He cuts through the fingers. Oh, Did you God, not I notice, didn't notice that? that? I didn't notice. I thought he was just. I thought he just kind of like snapped it and like pulled no, it out. He because there's a moment where he tries to pull it out of his hand and it hurts him and he can't. And so eventually he's just like fuck it and he rips through his oh, hand. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I did it not was notice awful. that. Oh. So meanwhile, glasses makes his way down from the roof. And boo! He's attacked by the werewolf, fully jumped, fully no, jumped. And not uh, the werewolf bites him. Yes! It fully bites him, which I was His like, leg. oh shit. Uh-oh. Dude, if you're not eating now, you're gonna turn into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Unless this folklore is different. Anyway, so in comes Roberto to help. <laughs> but I wrote, okay. He's trying to help Glasses, who's like on uh-huh. the stairs being attacked by the werewolf, and he comes from behind, like Roberto's behind the wolf, and I wrote, it straight up looks like he's topping this werewolf. <laughs> it looks like there's a brief sex. I I was so confused. I think the idea is that the uh, werewolf is like slamming him against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this looked like some gay some sex. Werewolf to me. sex. <laughs> 
So uh, the wolf is able to throw Roberto off. The werewolf attacks Roberto, but then the kids run in. So the bites wolf... his arm. Oh yeah, he, he it fully bites him. Yeah, it bites. Yeah. It's bitten glasses, and now it's bitten Roberto. Roberto. Two full attacks with bites here. Yeah. And so the the wolf chases the kids, leaving Roberto behind. By the way, both Roberto and Glasses are okay. They're not dead. They're just bitten. Yeah. And the kids are able to make it to the sotano, the basement, with the CGI wolf in hot pursuit back there. I mean, I still was writing like, shit, go, 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 go. Um, so they make it to the basement, just like Roberto predicted, the wolf can't quite make it in. So the kids are like, there's a little window, let's try to sneak through this window. They're crawling out, and Laura is almost out of the window when the werewolf busts in. It almost grabs her feet, but she makes it out. So close. And then out, we're outside, and we see that the rest of the kids have returned. Yeah. They lock the sotano doors, the basement doors, the werewolf is stuck inside. Paola says... <laughs> <laughs> nadie entra, nadie sale. She turns on a switch, electrocuting the werewolf, and he dies. I'm not 100% sure it was her who turned the switch, but I'm just going to say I'm, it was her who turned I, the switch. I believe it was her. <laughs> Paola killed it. Yeah. Paola was the one who killed the werewolf. Yes. Paola saved the day. Yes. We cut to a predator poster on a bre- on a bedroom wall. Nice. And we see that the kids and Roberto are surrounding glasses who is recuperating in bed and Roberto says, "Listen, the the werewolf was right. Everyone knows something is up, but they won't dare talk about it." Mm. Just then there's a knock at the door. It's Laura's mom with some pastel. And Laura's like peeking her little head out like, cool, thanks, mom. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. But the mom's like, perate, perate, Laura. For real, though, what happened to glasses? And Laura says, he was bitten by a werewolf. (laughs) Thanks, bye. (laughs) She closes the door. And on the door, we we see a sign that says, nadie entra, nadie sale. Fin de la película. However, we do get these very cool uh, comics, which I believe... Love these comic credits. Ricardo Islas did these comics of, you know, all the characters, scenes through the movie, like who played all the parts. So very cool credits here at the end. Very cool. And that's our movie. Now, did they become werewolves, yes or no? In my werewolf folklore, yes. They do bring up very brief, like, we need bullets, we need... Sulfur, which is something I've never heard, or we need silver bullets, and we need sulfur, which I've never heard of. Pero mm-hmm. the 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 werewolf lore in this movie seems to be a little loosey goosey. Yeah, but I'm gonna say, yeah, y'all are fucked. What do you think? Listen, Ricardo Islas, we are starting now a petition that everyone will sign for you to make Plenilunio dos. Yes. <laughs> Plenilunio dos, Roberto ha vuelto, or something like that. Or fucking Isaac. El, el regreso el de Roberto Isaac. And glasses. Yes. Uh, totally. Los, I'd be down. Los lobisones, or something. <laughs> something. It's, you gotta. We gotta, uh, we gotta see what's up with I them mean, many years later. We would watch it. Uh, anyway, let's get into some trivia. Yes. Okay, very quickly, I just was like, what is, what does this Wikipedia of Plenilunio say? So here's what Great. Plenilunio Wikipedia has to say. Uh, it's a horror film from the Licantropico, el género licantropico, which is lycanthrope. What is it? Lycanthrope? Lycanthrope. No. Lycanthrope. 
Yeah. yeah. Protagonizado, starring Martín Cabrera, who played our werewolf, Ricardo Islas, Sebastián Rivero, y Ana Cecilia García. It won the prize in 1999 for Best Foreign Film in the Festival of Low Beast Cinema in New York. Wow, okay. In 1994, it won El Premio Félix en el Espacio Uruguay de Festival Cinematográfico de Uruguay. And it won first place in 1993 in La Bienal de Arte del Instituto Nacional de la Juventud Montevideo. Wow. So that's very cool. Very impressive. I googled the town of Colonia del Sacramento, which is where this took place. Mm -hmm. And Wikipedia says here, Colonia del Sacramento is a city in southwestern Uruguay by the Rio de, de la Plata, which is, I believe, where also... Remember when we... when. <laughs> In Muñeco Viviente, when they're like outside by that water yeah, feature, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it might be in those vicinities. But it faces Buenos Aires, Argentina, and it is one of the oldest towns in Uruguay. And Colonia del Sacramento is also the capital of the Colonia Department. Mm -hmm. And it has a population of around 27,000 people. Oh, wow. Its historic quarter is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Modern Colonia del Sacramento produce, produces, produces <laughs> textiles and has a free trade zone in addition to a polytechnic center and various government buildings. Uh, a little bit of the history of Colonia de Sacramento. Following the restoration of the Portuguese crown, King Peter II sought the resolution of the southern border of Brazil. Uh, Manuel Lobo, with five <gasps> ships containing about 400 soldiers, craftsmen, carpenters, and stonecutters, and 18 guns, reached San Gabriel Island on the 20th of January, 1680. And on the 28th of January, they commenced establishing a post. Manuel Lobo. Oh, I didn't even oh, think about my. that. The colony went back and forth between Spain and Portugal for a very long time. But finally, with the Treaty of San Ildefonso in 1777, the colony became a Spanish possession for the final time. Nope, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> that's a lie because it was then transferred back to Portuguese control, being later incorporated into Brazil after 1816. Mm -hmm. On January 10th, 1809, before the independence of Uruguay, it was designated as a villa or a town and has since been elevated to the status of ciudad. So villa meaning town in the 19th century Portuguese. So that's Portuguese still from Portugal. Mm -hmm. But then it became a ciudad when it was Spain. Okay. <laughs> There's literally a timeline uh, in this Wikipedia that goes Portugal, Spain, Portugal, Spain, Portugal, Spain, Portugal, Spain, and then Liga Federal, United Kingdom of Portugal, Brazil, and the Algarve, and then Brazil, and then in 1828, officially, it was part of Uruguay. Wow. So between 1680 and 1828... It went back and forth mm -hmm. <laughs> between Spain and Portugal. Wow. They are known for football, volleyball, and basketball in their sports world. You can 
get to Colonia del Sacramento by ferry. Hmm. It has three different ferry boat lines between Argentina and Uruguay. It is served by the Laguna de los Patos International Airport. Its sister cities are Antigua, Guatemala, Guimarães, Portugal, Morrón, Argentina, Olinda, Brazil, Pelotas, Brazil, and... <laughs> And Quilmes, Argentina. Pelotas. 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 Balls, Brazil. Pero pelotas no se dice en, en portugués. En, en, that means something else in portugués. <laughs> I am 12. You are 12. Uh, no. Uh, now let's talk about Fangoria, who was in this montage in the movie. It was a lot of flipping through Fangoria, which I was like, I love this. Yeah. So what's Fangoria? Wikipedia says Fangoria is an internationally distributed American horror film fan magazine in publication since 1979. It is published four times a year by Fangoria Publishing LLC and is edited by Phil Noble Jr. The magazine was originally released in an age when horror fandom was still a burgeoning subculture. In the late 1970s, most horror publications were concerned with classic cinema, while those that focused on contemporary horror were largely just fanzines. Fangoria rose to prominence by running exclusive interviews with horror filmmakers and offering behind-the-scene photos and stories that were otherwise unavailable to fans in an era before the internet. The magazine would eventually rise to become a force itself in the horror world, hosting its own award shows, sponsoring and hosting numerous horror conventions, producing films, and printing its own line of comics. Fangoria began struggling in the 2010s due to issues arising from the internet, including difficulty in generating enough ad revenue to cover printing costs. Publications then became sporadic beginning in the fall of 2015, and the magazine ran through a succession of editors in 2015 to 2016, culminating with the February 2017 announcement of Ken Hanley's December 2016 departure. After this, the magazine ceased publication, and it remained dormant throughout 2017. In 2018, Dallas-based entertainment company Cinestate bought Fangoria, and under new editor-in-chief Phil Noble Jr., relaunched the magazine as a print-based quarterly publication. In October 2018, Cinestate released the first new Fangoria magazine under their ownership, stylized as Volume 2, Issue 1. Wow. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In August 2020, Tara Ansley and Abby Gole acquired Fangoria from Cinestate under Fangoria Publishing LLC and, as of issue nine, are the publishers of the magazine and owners of the brand. So, one of the reasons why they purchased Cinestate uh, or they purchased Fangoria from Cinestate is because there was um, an expose about producer Adam Donahue's sexual mix. Sexual misconduct on the set of one of their films. So then they were like, nope, let's get out of here. We don't need to be attached to this fucking thing. Until 2016, the Fangoria online site featured daily updates about the world of horror, allowing the Fangoria brand to remain relevant to those who do not typically read print magazines. The website also featured several specialized horror blogs, including articles that continued Fangoria's long tradition of being supportive of LGBT people working in the horror industry. 
Way to go, gang. My parents got me a subscription for either my birthday or Christmas when I was a child in the 90s. And it was that's adorable. one of my favorite things to receive that magazine. I'm sure I have some old ass copies buried somewhere in a box. I somewhere. bet you do. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, I wanted to know if Help Disco was still around. So Girl, tell me you found something. <laughs> I Googled Help Disco Uruguay. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I didn't find anything, but I did find the best five Uruguay dance clubs under TripAdvisor. Okay. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to their number one spot, which is called Omar Got. <laughs> Why? Omar Got. Oh my uh, god. What does that mean? Oh my god. I think it's meant to be oh my god, but oh my god. Says here, oh my god. Es una milonga emblemática organizada por bailarines. And so Mm. on Saturdays, if you want to bailar tango (gasps) or simplemente disfrutar de la música y el baile, you can come on down to oh my god and enjoy yourself. Uh, but I love that it's a tango club. Very it's, cool. Wow. Oh, it starts at 10 p.m. and it ends at 3 a.m. Good it's night. It's es un ambiente auténtico, divertido y relajado con una cantina variada y económica. So oh, it's <laughs> cheap drinks, everybody. Yeah, it, got two it for is one in, special. <laughs> <laughs> it is in Montevideo, so not in Colonia de, del Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Pero if you're in Uruguay y quieres ir a ver tango, go to Omar Gat because oh it's my got God. five stars. On Damn. TripAdvisor. Good to know. And that's the end of my trivia. Oh, I Listen, I also looked for help, exclamation point, <laughs> exclamation point, disco, desperately trying to find something, couldn't find shit, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Loved your trivia. Here we go. Let's talk about Alpha Studios. Cool. So if you want, please go to alphastudios.weebly.com. Alpha Studios was created by filmmaker Ricardo Islas in 1985 in Colonia del Sacramento, Uruguay. That's where he's from, I believe. I believe this is where he's from. I think so, too. In partnership with a local TV station, which is very cool because, hello, this movie, Islas made several horror movies that went on to inspire entire generations of filmmakers who were encouraged to overcome whatever limitations they had and simply grab a camera and start shooting their stories. Love that. Yeah. So it says here, in the mid-90s, Alpha Studios found a new home in the Windy City. Chicago! Since then, we've been producing nonstop, Featuring truly diverse casts and original stories, Alpha Studios has been the stepping stone for local, national, and international talented actors and crews. With an established name and ever-growing library of titles placed in markets all over the world, Alpha Studios continues its journey. We have now expanded to co-produce with local and international partners who share our passion for storytelling. I love this. Okay. Yeah. Few filmmaking houses can afford to say this. We are truly independent. Our formula is no secret, solid scripts, serious commitment, smartly invested, low cost, and tons of passion. Our productions sell all over the world, and we are always on the lookout for fresh talent. So on this website, like they have a journal, and in the last journal entry, which I believe was from 2019, so a little old, but as we know, a lot has happened since 
fucking 2019. Yeah. They were in pre-production, I believe, for a movie called Secretos y Pecados, which was slated to start principal photography in late September of 2019 in Milwaukee. It's a co-production of Solorzano Entertainment and Alpha Studios, based on a story by Jose Luis Solorzano and scripted by Ricardo Islas. I don't know what happened with that, but on this website, like if you're living in Chicago, Milwaukee, look up uh, alphastudios.weebly.com. You got a dope script? You, you got a script? You want to act? Hey, metete. Look them up. Get in there. Hang out with Ricardo Islas. Have, like the legend himself. Hello. Please, like check it out if you're up in the Midwest freezing your ass off. <laughs> um, they also have a YouTube channel, uh, which is where we watch this movie. The YouTube yeah. channel is called New Alpha Studios. High re- highly recommend checking it out because it is plentiful. They have full movies there which is a great resource for us including the Frankenstein movie from Al Morir La Matinée Matine. it's there okay. the full movie good to know and there is also a behind the scenes like 10 minute video of Plenilunio which I highly recommend checking out sweet and uh, I think his girlfriend at the time was in the movie. She is now his wife. I couldn't quite place her. She the widow? No, I don't think so, because she's younger than the widow. She might have been one of the women killed in the theater sequence. Oh, yeah. I was like, Where, what other women are there? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check it out, though. It's very interesting. Ricardo explains, like, why he chose to put the CGI in this, like, revamped version uh-huh. into Plenilunio. And he's like, this is why I decided to do it. Like, people gave me a lot of shit for the fact that, like, once the monster is revealed, it kind of just took away all the tension and the fear that was built throughout the movie mm. because all of a sudden you see just like a man in like a fuzzy costume or like this this puppet. Yeah. But still, Ricardo, you fucking did it. Like yeah, you dude. built that thing. And yeah. uh, I wish there was a version that we could see just like the, the cotton ball werewolf making yeah. its attacks. And like let's um, not let's not kid ourselves. Like this is nineteen ninety fucking three, bro. Yeah. Like let's uh, I'm not let's... expecting Jurassic Park here. Like no, dude. I, I prefer the practical effects because that shows me your actual like blood, sweat, and tears in this project. So Yeah. You know. So let's talk a little bit about Ricardo Islas. He was born yeah. May 16th, 1969. Hey, Torres. Torres. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was born in Colonia del Sacramento, Uruguay. Please check out his Instagram. It is ricardo.islas.961. And on Slated.com, it says actor, director, editor, producer, writer, Emmy Award winning TV producer. Okay. But I couldn't find where they where that Emmy came only. from. I couldn't oh find God. it. But damn, cool dude. So a little bit more about Ricardo Islas from an article that I found at braineater.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know who wrote this. Apologies. But check it out, braineater.com. It says here. Islas got started making movies in his native Uruguay. He made his first feature film, a vampire movie called Crowley, in 1987 at the age of 16. Love that. Frankly, Crowley is a 16-year-old's vampire film. (laughs) Islas himself played the title character, a howling black-clad monster who's returned from the grave to seek the high school-aged reincarnation of his long-lost love. (laughs) 
It was shot on whatever equipment Islas could get his hands on, and consequently, it has a lot of trouble with light levels and sound. But Crowley was le- was unlike anything anybody had ever attempted in Uruguay, and it showed enough of the young man's obvious talent so that it became a local hit. I love that. Very cool. After Crowley and its 1990 sequel, Cenizas de Crowley, (laughs) (laughs) Islas went on to bigger and better things. In the mid-1990s, he moved to the United States, and from his new home base in Chicago, Islas has taken on such familiar subjects as ghosts, zombies, and lesbian vampires, putting his personal stamp on all of them. He's even dared to step in where so many have failed in recent years to make his own unique version of the Frankenstein story. We need to watch this movie at some point. We need, I to, mean, uh, we need to get in there. Absolutely. There's a simple difference between Islas and all too many of the others who have attempted to find new life in the same old graveyard. Islas has something urgent to say. He uses the conventions of traditional horror as a starting point, not as a destination. His movies may involve the supernatural, but they are always firmly grounded in real life. Mm. For instance, one of Islas's major concerns in his U.S.-made films is the struggle of the Hispanic population in the United States. Okay. Love that. His protagonists are often Latinos and Latinas struggling to keep their dignity in the face of a white-dominated culture that sees them as either a threat or an exploitable workforce, or a marketable demographic, depending on the occasion, but never seems to see them as human beings who are deserving of respect. Which I was Mm. just like, wow, okay, so we got to check out some of these uh, later on, I guess, Chicago-era Ricardo Islas films, because sounds interesting. Check out this article. It's it's long. He this person whoever wrote this like talks about Plenilunio and even has like some gifs of the cotton ball werewolf in action <laughs> pre CGI, which I love. I fucking wish we could have seen this. Anyway, so check that out. And that is my trivia for today. Cool. Well, let me ask you some questions, please. Johnny, were you scared? You know what? I'm going to say yes. It was light. Uh, There were a few bumps in the night that got me. Um, But I found that werewolf man very creepy. So I'll give it a yes. How about you? I said yes. I jumped several times. I mean, it delivered in its spook vibes. Even the Casio keyboard being slammed on. I was like, okay, yeah, I feel it. (laughs) So yeah. yeah. What was your best scare? For me, it was the werewolf in his man form talking to Roberto through the glass door about his murderous exploits, like the Boy Scout camp where he just murdered all these Boy Scouts. Eating, eating his the pregnant panza. girl. Yeah. That really, that was disturbing to me. So yeah. I'm going to give it to that. What about you? For me, it was Exorcist 3 coming out of the woods, that, that kid. I was like, totally. what the fuck? Bro, that's hella... Also, I was like, you motherfuckers in the front need to be checking on your dude in the back, dude. Yeah, he almost uh, didn't make it. Yeah, because y'all are speeding down these woods, damn it. Um, Who was your favorite character? Paola. Paola. Full through 
all the way. Totally. I love her. Me too. I, I also her. gave yeah. a shout out to Roberto because I was totally. like, this is, you're doing a great job, my guy. Let's let's also give a shout out to the werewolf because he was scary he as hell. He was very scary. That guy nailed it. Let's give a shout out to all these kids. You nailed Listen, it. You fucking all, nailed it, kids. <laughs> favorite character, everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> um, what was your best line? Paco, no rompa los huevos. Johnny. I mean, Lucas, pero Johnny. Yeah. What about you? Le rompí la jeta. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Fucking Paula uh, beating the Paola. shit out of a fucking kid. Le rompí yeah. la jeta. And also, I'm going to give a special shout out to Plenilunio es el nombre que recibe el periodo en que la luna está llena. I was like, okay, I'm learning something new here. Yeah. Yes. What was your best death? I'll give it to the whole theater sequence. All nice. those women getting yeah. torn up and the the cuidadero or cuidador, whatever, getting his head chomped on. That was that was good, that whole yeah. sequence. What about you? For me, I was specific about the girl that was shaken, like the yeah. that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really loved the legs flailing as he went up into the theater. So theater in general, but specifically the girl that got shaken and the legs going to fly in. Uh, did you learn anything? I said no, pero we did learn. Uh, you taught me, what was the word? Gurises. Gurises. And there was something else. Ooh, I can't remember what it was. Pero yeah, I'll say yes, because I learned the word gurises. What about you? I, I said yes, because I didn't know what plenilunio meant. And I know and that's plenilunio, not, ooh, that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I That's definitely not probably Uruguayan central, but sure. I plenilunio and gurises, I learned something. Yeah. How many oys do you give this movie? I'm going to give this one three and a half. I really enjoyed myself. It was a lot of fun. I get it. It's low budget as fuck, but that's just what we're going to get with some of these Uike Horror movies, and that doesn't mean that they're bad movies. Yeah. And if you think that just because it's low budget, it's bad, you're a fucking asshole. Like, you can <laughs> you can see the passion in this yes. project. You can see the hard work. It is clever. It has fresh ideas. It has good performances. It has actual moments of tension and fear. It has a fucking Casio keyboard being pounded on. It's <laughs> fun. It's yeah. good. Watch this movie. It's. Yeah. I-, I thought it was great what about you i also gave it three and a half i had a hey, great time wow. i had a very fun time i laughed a lot i jumped a bunch i think it's uh it felt very personal i think because of the low budge vibe you're like this feels like something my cousin would do i'm like being supportive to a family member or whatever but then at the end of it you're like they actually did a pretty solid job yeah and i think there's something wonderful about being able to transfer that i want to make something that I feel good about and you can see that there was pride in this there was hard work in this especially because they go back and try and revamp it and make it better when they re-release it like it shows that they knew there was potential there that there is a good storyline and I think that's it's very honorable and um, yeah and I had a great time and it's super fucking funny so yeah. good job three and a half well deserved we did it Okay, well, the plenilunio is fading as we speak, and uh, my cotton balls are falling off of my body, (laughs) and I'm going back to my regular human self. And uh, while you're going back to your regular human self, why don't you subscribe, rate, and review? (laughs) Follow us on our redes sociales at... 
uikyorror on Instagram and Twitter. You can send us an email at uikyorror at gmail.com. Thank you to Sonoro. You are the best. Follow them at Sonoro Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as well. If you're ever in your newsroom and nine kids come in, tell them, listen, if you're going to be in here, you're going to have to eat condoms in your pizza. <laughs> uh, also, does anybody have the number for a better pizza place? Because, yikes. <laughs> listen, let's all get together and send Uruguay just like a Domino's, dude. <laughs> it doesn't even have oh my to be gosh. like a legit. They, with their Italian descent, they're like, fuck you and your Domino's. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> they're like really, really, bitch? Really? <laughs> Como mierda. Um, well, you know what, Johnny? I think you're the only person I would eat a condom pizza with, so... Um... Yeah, don't knock it till you try it. Absolutely. <laughs> You've got condoms in your mouth all the time, gang. Don't even... What are you talking about? Anyways, Johnny, oh I fucking God. love you, dude. I fucking love you, too. And we'll see you guys in la próxima semana. Adios. Adios.